Aloha and welcome to Books, Books, Books. I'm your host, Nihaila Stoops, and my guest is Bruce Bowman, the author and also main character of the book, Bipolar, Epileptic, Papa and Businessman. Bruce, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, I, I'm glad to be here. And I have to say, I loved your book. Oh, thank and you. although I met you, I think about 14 or 15 years ago, and I've done a lot of business with your company for my real estate transactions, um, I've learned a lot of new things about you. But at the same time, the book felt like home because it was people that I knew, uh, there were places that I knew, there were experiences that I have encountered. So for me, just a person that you've met through business, it was a book that I really enjoyed. But why did you write this book? Who is it for? Well, the reason I, I wrote it, my, my daughter knew I liked to write. And she got me this uh, subscription to StoryWorth, which is a, uh, they send you something to write on every every week. And so I started writing and I, Kind of had an idea. Well, I started writing on what my book was about, and I said, "Gee, why don't I write a book instead of just going with this story with?" Because the story with was a thing you write, and you get a bound in a book, and it's just for one book. It's not to sell to anybody. But I thought I could. I thought I could sell this book because I thought it had some good, you know, concepts in it. It has great concepts, and you know, it's not just your autobiography with who you are, where you come from, what school you went to, and so on. I actually like how you give a lot of context. And it could be anything from giving information or explaining stuff about the Vietnam War or the shipping crisis in Hawaii or, you know, racial issues in Hawaii. So I loved all this context that you have to uh, to, that you added to the book, and I wonder, did you research a lot about that, or it just came naturally? Well, yeah, that came natural because I lived through it. So, the shipping strike when I first got to Hawaii, uh, 1971, that shipping strike was was going on, and so we had to, we, I had a roommate in college, and he and I shipped furniture over here together, and yet it got caught up in the shipping strike, and so we. We 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 experienced it. It was you know so and everybody in Hawaii experienced it. It was really bad in 1971, uh, and it took a long long time for that shipping strike to get resolved. Uh, but that's most of those things were fairly upfront in my mind as far as the events because I I went through it myself. I love that part of history that you include in your book. And sometimes there is data and you even give the source of the information. So I absolutely love that. And back to 1971, you're 24 years old. Yes. You just got a job um, in Oahu to be the sales rep for a pest control company. And you move to the islands. You don't have a culture shock but you have a language barrier. Yeah. So tell us about it. Okay. Tell us what happened. Actually, I sold chemicals to the termite and pest control industry. I wasn't in a pest control company at the time, but I sold chemicals to them. 
And so my customers were the pest control operators in the state of Hawaii. And I covered all the islands and everything. And I really had a great job. But when I first started, I couldn't understand my my customers because they spoke pidgin English. And almost almost every one of them. I mean, it was, you know, there was a few that I could understand, but uh, but most of them spoke real heavy pidgin English back in 1971. Things have changed a lot today. You don't see much pidgin spoken anymore. And I regret it. I loved the pidgin. But in order to overcome that, I bought these KK cow manure, Kent Bowman, my namesake. Bowman was my namesake. And he he's a comedian out of Hilo. And he produced these records uh, like Cinderella, Snow White, the Seven Dwarfs, all these different fairy tale records, and he put them in pigeon. And so I listened to these. These are the thirty-three and a third RPM records that we had back in the in the seventies. And I put them on my record player, uh, which we don't have today. And I listened to these records, and I learned pigeon to the best of my ability. I, but as one haole, I'm one haole. I'm a stranger to the local people. I didn't speak it. I was afraid because they don't like how they speaking their pidgin English. <laughs> so anyway. But you could at so, least understand what they were saying. I could understand. And I loved it. Like when they say, oh, that food, that food, it just broke the mouth. That means it's good. It broke the mouth. It tastes so good. It just broke the mouth. I mean, some of these expressions were just priceless. <laughs> Well, I, I love that part of the book where you talk yeah. about your efforts to learn pigeon and to become part of the um, island community. But I want to go back to... Let me mention one thing about that is, you know, I'm lucky because I just love people of all different races and everything. And I love the local people and I love their characteristics and, and what they had to present and, and so forth. So I, I was very, very fortunate. And they eventually liked me. <laughs> well, I'm sure they they loved you. I know you're a very reputable businessman. Um, you, you're so, so my, I think you were awarded affiliate of the year by the Realtors Association of Maui a couple of years ago. I remember yeah. that correctly. Yeah, I was there when that <laughs> happened. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, you're, I mean, Hawaiian in many ways already. You may not be looking like one, but you definitely are like one. Yeah, and I oh. feel like one. <laughs> so I want to go back to the title of your book. I've given it a lot of thought because I've been toying with the idea of writing an autobiography myself. And the title is supposed to say who we are, right? And the first two words in the title are bipolar and epileptic, something that I had no clue you were dealing with. Mm -hmm. So why did you feel that you need to share that aspect of your life with the world? Well, you know, it is kind of people will hide it a lot of times. And I think it needs to be an open subject. We need to help the people that have mental illness. and so. That's one of the reasons I wrote the book, too, was uh, 
I'm I'm going to donate money from the book to the mentally ill in Maui. And I think it's real important because I see even after I wrote the book, I've spoken to a lot of people. They don't want to, they don't want people to know that they're bipolar or they have any mental issues. And my sister, I have a sister like that too. She doesn't want to admit that she's bipolar and she's bipolar. But to me, it was just, you know, that's what I am. That's what I am. That's what I got to deal with. And, and I, I have no qualms of, of uh, expressing who I am, what I am. And I know from the book, one of your biggest challenges with this diagnosis was that you couldn't do business. You, the depression was so overwhelming. You couldn't do anything. You're like incapacitated almost. That's a, like a mental breakdown. Almost like a mental breakdown. I mean, they, that's what they, I looked up mental breakdown and basically that's what it is. And, and I had so much anxiety. I couldn't sleep hardly at all. And so when I went through a depression, well, I wasn't, I can't say that I couldn't sleep hardly at all, but I couldn't sleep well. And so I was always lacking sleep. I had this, this high degree of anxiety. I had low energy. And I couldn't even think. I couldn't function properly. And so my staff helped me out so much, and so did my wife, Evelyn. Yes, let's talk about Evelyn right now. Because you describe Evelyn as being very quiet, not talking much, but she listens. You say that a couple of times in your book. Mm -hmm. And you've been married almost 50 years, I believe. Mm -hmm. So what is the secret to a good marriage? A good wife. <laughs> a good wife, like Evelyn. Uh, I tell you, uh, understanding and working out problems. I mean, because I was bipolar, so I had these, you know, periods of time when I wasn't really rational. And then I was depressed. I wasn't really rational in those periods of time. I had just an excellent wife to support me. And that's, you know, that's something really hard to find. I mean, I was, I've been very, very blessed. You know, I have not met Evelyn, but the story of you meeting and building a family and building the businesses and you saying that she's quiet, she doesn't talk much. But at the same time, what I get out of the book is that she is the one taking action, though. She's the one that manages quite a few aspects of your life. She runs my life. <laughs> I can say, I mean, she, you know, I take care of the yard, she takes care of the inside of the house, and then she takes care of me. <laughs> and and so, um, and she takes care of the family. So, I mean, she is quiet, but she's also very well respected among our whole family as far as uh, what she's capable of doing and her, and her ability to make good decisions and stuff like that. So... You and Evelyn moved to Maui, and there's a transition in your life, not just of location, but also you're not an employee anymore. You're opening your own company. You're becoming a businessman. 
And you start with a company that can only do fumigation and no other services. And then you start having all these business ideas that go to um, become more intense when you're going through the manic periods of your uh, mental illness. And you even go into the um, water lily growing business. So tell us about those years mm-hmm. where you're young, you're starting a family and you have all these, you're, okay. you're now a business owner. I'll tell you a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll tell you a little bit about the epilepsy, right? When we, before we came to Hawaii, I had, I was diagnosed as having transient uh, uh, amnesia, epilepsy. And what, what happened, we went out with a couple in, in Houston, Texas. This was the area we lived right before moving to Hawaii, to Maui. And, and uh, we were with this couple and we went out to dinner and the next day I couldn't remember anything. It was just totally blank. It was totally out of my mind. I couldn't remember anything. And so, and I know that it happened on a couple of occasions. So to dinner with, and we discussed it with them and they said I should see a neurologist. So I saw this neurologist and then they put me in the hospital for, for four days to do observations. And during that time, nothing really happened. They, you know, it, you have to get it just right and stuff like that. But they said, we believe you have this condition. And so they were good doctors too. So I came back I, and they put me on a, a mild form of medication for epilepsy. So I came to Maui and the doctor in Maui prescribed five times the amount of medication. I just rejected that completely. And so I stopped taking my medication. And then I had a grand mal seizure. So it wasn't just amnesia. It was a full-on seizure. I bit my tongue and I just terrified Evelyn because I was bleeding so much. I was, I was, not, I was comatose and jerking around and doing all this type of stuff. So I had a grand mal seizure. And what happened after that, this was right when we moved to, that was, a, we were on Maui at that time. And then uh, within, Probably six months, I had two more seizures, uh, grand mal seizures. And it was all doing all because of lack of medication. And Evelyn said, at this point in time, she's going to take over giving me the medication. And so every day she gives me the medication she, nonstop. I mean, she never misses. So I take my medication every single day. But when, when we started the business, uh, actually... We started with just myself and and uh, two other people, and we were doing tent fumigation. And tent fumigation is hard physical labor. I've got a college degree, and I studied entomology, but that didn't help my... I had to be very physically fit to do what I was doing in, in the fumigation aspect of the company, carrying tarps up my shoulders, doing all this phys- physical work. But actually, I... I didn't mind it that much. I did it for five years and to build up Maui fumigation. And we had a non-compete clause with our, our competitor, with, with the person that I bought. See, I bought, I bought the business and then uh, I bought into the business and then I bought my partner out. And 
the agreement that we made was that I couldn't compete with him in pest control services. So I had to restrict my business to just pest, to just fumigation. And that was very difficult because fumigation is, is, you know, you need a base of one type of services to do the other services, basically. So the first five years were really a struggle, really a struggle. So do you think that the, the pressure of having a profitable business with, you know, becoming a business owner, did that put more stress on you and may have caused some of you your know, mental illness? I wasn't going through depression at that time. I wasn't, it wasn't until I became about 38 years old when I started going to, through depression. In the latter stages of Maui Fumic, we had Maui for 18 years. It was just in the latter stages of Maui fumigation when I was starting to become, show the signs of bipolar. So it didn't come early on. The, the, the epilepsy came on at about 25. The, the, the depression came on about 38. And you said that the proceeds from the book sales are going to uh, be donated to people dealing with mental issues. And I'm curious because, as I say in real estate, problems that you could solve with money, they're not problems. So <laughs> what kind of problems in the mental illness arena one could use money to solve? Yeah, that's, you know, Myla, that is something I really have to think about. I, I discussed that with you a little bit earlier. Uh, I want to also give my services because one thing about what I can do to people that have gone through the same things that I've gone through is different than what psychiatrists can do. Psychiatrists haven't been through depression in most cases. They haven't been through mania. They haven't been through all these things. But I can share with them what worked for me and what didn't work for me. And, and they can take it or leave it, you know. And I do that online with these various groups. Uh, as far as setting up the foundation or something, we haven't done that yet. And we, I intend to pay off the initial publishing cost first. And then anything above that go to the mentally ill. But you have a good question. I don't know how to answer that. I don't know if money. Well, one of the things you're bringing up. One of the things you're bringing up in the book is that, uh, for instance, there appears to be less access to an actual person to give a diagnosis and consultation, oh. that a lot of the services are online. And that's gonna be very difficult for those that are uh, dealing with mental illness. So maybe, I don't know, if you pay I'm them- I'm not sure if that's gonna be harder. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's gonna be harder or easier. I mean, um, because the online help is accessible. Things are changing, as you well know. Everyone is going online for certain things and stuff like that my experience with the psychiatrist i had very frustrating experiences with psychiatrists but you know that's it's not saying you shouldn't go to a psychiatrist you need to go to psychiatrists but i just i don't think i had the best ones when i went but uh they're 
they're educated. They know what they're talking about. Some of them don't make the best decisions. Yeah. So basically what you're telling everybody, reach out for help. Reach out for professional help when you need it. There's there's support groups even online that, you know, bipolar support and, and various groups like that that do provide support. And what I see, it's sad. Most of the people, just like we were talking about medications, most people will stop taking their medications. I mean, it's, we got to do some simple things that resolve these problems. So I want to change the tone of the conversation and move to a success story in your book. <laughs> and that is Tiara's story. <laughs> okay. Can you please share it with us? Okay. My, my daughter, Jennifer, was born in Houston right before we came to Maui. She was born in 1976, and we came to Maui in 76. And um, she's an absolutely beautiful girl. Beautiful. I mean, actually, beautiful. And, and, uh, and she is accompanied by a brother and a sister. But I want to talk about Jennifer right now. Jennifer, uh, at the age of 14, as a lot of teenagers do, they go through a real, real difficult stage. And she went through a very, very difficult stage. And she'd be the first to admit it. She had a boyfriend that was 17 and she's 14. And uh, she was rebellious. Was, I mean, she and Evelyn, you, you know from reading the book what Evelyn is like. But she was cussing out Evelyn and doing all these things. And it was sad. And I would, I would get mad. Uh, but, but what happened? She got pregnant. at, at uh, 14. And uh, by the time she was 15, she delivered the baby. Okay. But Evelyn and I, being young parents, we didn't, especially Evelyn, being Filipino and stuff like that, she didn't. Just shame, shame, shame in those days, years ago. But so Evelyn and I, Decided it would be best if Jennifer got an abortion or an adoption. And that was our decision. We made that decision. And we were stern on it. And Jennifer didn't want either, either. She wanted to have the baby. And, but we were just very stern on it. And so when we, the time came, uh, we, I was driving Jennifer to the airport. She was going to have an abortion in Honolulu, and uh, and her niece was going to pick her up. As I was driving, she was just crying and crying, and and I was crying. I mean, it was just a real tough thing. And so I just turned the truck around and came home. And Evelyn was there, and I said, Evelyn, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> and so we did. And Tiari was our first grandchild. Tiari is now, Tiari was valedictorian at Baldwin. She was, uh, she went to Brown University. She went to Tufts. She is got, her, she's a, she's a surgeon right now. And she's graduating. Well, 
they have a, on the 24th of June this month, she is graduating from her surgeon at, at the hospital that she's working at. And then she's going to go for three more years for uh, plastic surgery. And that, so that, that, an amazing well, story. I made the best decision ever in my life. And the best decision. That's right. And I know from the book that um, because you, you provide so much information about your children and your grandchildren and you share with us where they're at now. So I know a lot about them um, and we don't have enough time to talk about them as well. But I want to assure the viewers that everybody in Bruce's family is just as interesting and has an interesting life and a lot of accomplishments, oh, just like Tiare. Um, and we are so lucky. We have a wonderful family. And I mean, we just are lucky. You do. You have a wonderful family. And my last question for you is, is this it? Is this the only book? Are you going to write more? You know, this one was kind of easy because it was about me and, and I had all these facts in my head. If I do another one, well, if I do another one, it'll probably take a lot of research and stuff like that. And I don't mind that. I don't, I don't mind that at all. But I have to find the topic, and I haven't found it yet. So, uh, but I would like to see this one do. I have one for you. <laughs> you have a topic just coming? Just like me, you've been through people. You want me to write about you? No, not about me. Uh <laughs> but I'm sure going to people's houses, you must have seen some crazy stories. So there's some content there for a book. Yeah, that's 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 the thought. Because I'm I'm retired now, so I have time. I've never had this much. I've I've worked from the time I was in eighth grade or seventh grade till 74 years old, and I now I have some time. <laughs> Well, I'll think Bruce, about that. Please do. I and again to our viewers, <laughs> I have to say I really enjoyed the book, even if I knew Bruce a little bit, but from business, not on a personal level. So I strongly encourage all of you to read it, not only to to learn more about Bruce, but also about life in Hawaii and um, also life before Hawaii in California, and. Um, it's a it's a really good read. So thank you again for joining me today. And um, I hope we'll have another interview for your next book. Who knows, in a couple of years. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. <laughs> well, to all our viewers, ahui ho. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.